Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk with a special guest about self-criticism, self-acceptance, striving for excellence, and false assumptions we make about ourselves. Is that deep enough for you? Also, I'm going to share a story I've never shared with anybody, not even my wife, no close friends, about a phase I went through last year. I think you'll enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody, Bill Kasky, back at the Bill Kasky podcast. I have a very special guest today. I will introduce him in a minute. If you are new with us, make sure you go to BillKasky.com. There's ways you can sign up for things that we're doing and also connect with me there as well. You know, I get, as a podcast uh podcaster, I get a lot of emails from people who want to be on the podcast to pitch various products or talk about various topics. And I always, I take those seriously because sometimes, in fact, some of the people I've had on came through that kind of that uh, area and kind of that, that channel. I got an email from my guest today, Alan Allard, and Alan is a business coach. He's an expert on thriving, helping people deal with adversity and trauma. And uh, he works with salespeople and leaders. And we've had him on before. He's been on a couple times, actually. Whenever I hear from Alan, I always feel like, well, if he's got something important enough to talk about that he's seeing in the market with his clients, then we deserve to have a conversation about it. So, Alan, welcome to the show today again. Good to be here, Bill. Here's how I like to do this uh, podcast. I'd like to talk about the topic that you sent me that you're seeing and you're kind of feeling like it's important enough to talk about. I've got a topic that I want to deal with that has to do with that topic, but is an adjacent one. And then the third topic, let's let let's let the conversation unfold. And I'm sure that somewhere in the first two topics, there's a third topic that'll show itself. Is that Okay, if we go that direction? That's great. Okay. And I always, I, I've told Alan before we start, I always like to make this a conversation, not an interrogation, because I don't want to always be the Larry King who's just uh, asking you questions. So it, it'll be it'll be conversational, hopefully. So when you, uh, you sent that email to me about self-criticism and about how it's, uh, you see it and it's not helpful, it's not resourceful, tell me a little bit about the background of why that topic uh, is important to you. It's important because it's it's a real challenge for almost every client that I've worked with over the past 25 years, as I'm sure is the case with yours. And, you know, we're always told that self-criticism and by self-criticism, I'm talking about when we're being too hard on ourselves, when we're saying things to ourselves that we probably wouldn't say, you know, to a best friend that we respect. Okay, and that's just uh, normal. Uh, for most people and, and especially high performers, because one thing that got them to where they are often is they're incredibly hard on themselves, unrealistically so. And it works. It just has uh, some blowback that I, I don't think that we need to, to put up with. But we're told that it's not helpful. But I say not only is it not helpful, it's never justified. It's never warranted. 
So what you're saying is that, and we do speak to a lot of high achievers on this podcast, so I'm glad you brought that up. So you're saying that the self-criticalness, self-criticism is, is positive in a way because it keeps us going and moving and advancing, but could we advance without it, or is it a must-have in order to advance? I think it's an impediment. It's a barrier. It slows us down. It weighs us down. We would do much better um, without it. And again, see, I'm talking about the fact that it's never justified, it's never warranted. And the reason for that, and now I'm going to share a belief I have, a philosophy, which can't prove or disprove, but it's a very strong belief, and that is everyone always does the best they can at any given moment, all things considered, period. So there's never a reason to criticize ourselves if we're coming from that place. If I always do the best I can in the moment, given the beliefs that I'm operating from, given uh, the environment that I'm in, the support that I have or don't have, the obstacles that I'm dealing with, everything, if I'm always doing the best I can, then criticism is never justified. You know, this is interesting because I got off a uh, one-to-one coaching call today with a, a young man. He's 28 years old. He's really good at what he does. He's had a couple of jobs. He's been in my group coaching program, the High Achiever group, for the last couple of years. And this guy could, you could dump him in any industry, in any city, in any country. And within 90 days, he'd figure out a way to to make progress and to be a high achiever. And he's not chaotic high achiever. He's not abrasive or aggressive. He's just really, he's just, Mm -hmm. he's intentional. And he came to me and said, I'm, I'm uneasy right now. I'm, I'm, I've got this feeling like I ought to be doing more. I feel like I'm always, mm-hmm. I'm always finding my own shortfalls, which is kind of self-criticism. And, mm-hmm. and, yes. uh, what advice would you, you tell me what advice you would give him and then I'll tell you what advice I gave him. If it's too far off, I probably won't share it. But anyway, how would you deal I, with that? I would explore his statement that he feels like he needs to be doing, did you say better? More, needs- more better. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's a judgment. See, that's a criticism. When we're making a judgment of ourselves, and any time that there is a should or an ought, an imperative involved, then that's self-criticism. That is self-judgment that uh, just weighs us down and slows us down. So I would ask him, you know, what do you mean by need? And once we get through that clarification, then I'm going to shift it to let's explore what you want. So the words are important there. The words are violent. Yeah, yeah. And yes, and, and, you know, we speak out of our subconscious mind, right? The subconscious mind, according to neuroscience, is usually at least a half a second ahead of our conscious mind. And so what comes out of it, people say, oh, I didn't mean that. Well, it's very important. I don't want to get obsessive about that. But when someone says, I need to do this, then what happens when we are told we have to do something? We're not given a choice. And when I say I need to do this, I'm not giving myself choice. So how do people react when they're told... You have to do this. <laughs> no, no, thanks. Not, not interested. Right. Yeah. So we set up that internal resistance, that uh, battle inside, That's and good. then our performance slips, and then we criticize ourselves for that. See, it's just a, it's just an ongoing loop. So let me take that a little bit further. That's really, it's really a winner there. That idea of whenever we talk to ourselves, listen to yourself, talk to yourself, because there are clues there about how how your subconscious is thinking about things. So if I say to, like, I'm always telling my clients, look, you need to or we all need to be more visible on LinkedIn, especially in a business-to-business sales routine where their brand matters. If you're just shipping out of the back room, your brand doesn't matter. But if you're out there, business-to-business salesperson, it does. 
And I get this a lot of times. Oh, I know I need to do that, but I just can't find the time to do it. It's an excuse, mm-hmm. but somewhere in that excuse is a clue to how they're really thinking about it. And when you just said, yeah. I need to, I hear that a lot. So how, how should I address that? Because I think it's an excuse, but maybe it's deeper. I think all of our excuses are valid, for one thing. And I think we don't need to shame ourselves or anyone else. And I'm, I'm, I'm just so tired of hearing people say, you know, you'll either find a way or you'll make an excuse. Because now we're belittling someone. We're saying, you know, you shouldn't be having that struggle. Well, of course they should be. All things considered, or they wouldn't be having that struggle. Now, when when you're talking from a business standpoint and you say you need to be on LinkedIn and social media, you know, I would take that context a little bit uh, differently. And, and that's allowable for you to say, because you're saying if you want to get X results, then this is what has to come before. it. Right. So you're using the word need in that sense. I don't have a problem with that. If someone then turns that into, yeah, Bill said I need to be on LinkedIn and I just can't. I need to. I don't have the time. I need to do this. You know, what's wrong with me that I can't. I'm just not disciplined. Yeah. What's the matter with me? If I was more disciplined like Bill, then I would be getting his results. That's where the problem yeah, comes I in. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really good. And I think there is, I mean, we don't know because that's all. a lot of that self-talk. You don't know if it's happening, but it probably is, especially if I tell somebody five times I need to be on LinkedIn, that probably at some point I'm shaming, right. I'm shaming them in some way. And maybe, maybe... I, instead of saying that, I need to ask, tell me a little bit about your opinion of, of LinkedIn and how you, how you think about it and what happens because I may uncover something that's really the hindrance, but I would never get to it if I just keep saying you need to, you need to, you need to. Right. And, and I think that that's, you know, one reason why you're good at what you do, Bill, is a lot of business coaches, they're just equipped to tell people what they need to do, but you also help people remove the psychological barriers and have some of that deeper understanding. And that can make all the difference in the world. Yeah. Okay. Let's, that's good. That's good. And hopefully our listeners took out of that, that, uh, the language is important. How you talk to yourself is important and stop being so self-critical because you are right where you need to be. And I told yeah. this guy today, I said, you know, we all have these seasons we go through. And he was talking about burnout. <laughs> and I said, mm. if, and we, I think we talked about this last time uh, on the podcast. You know, burnout's one of those things that if you if you don't, st- I believe, if you don't stop and kind of settle into it and think about it, if you just like push through it, no, I, I'm burned out, but I got to keep going. I got to work 12 hours tomorrow. I don't think mm-hmm. that's healthy. So I think sometimes no. you need to step back and say, okay, where is this coming from? Is this just a ruse? Is it mm-hmm. my mind or is it really physical? Don't you think? Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, one thing that high performers need to learn from athletes is recovery, right? Athletes really train hard, but then they know for a fact they have to have that recovery time, whether they're, you know, sitting in a tub full of ice or getting a massage or just chilling out. They know better than to hit it hard all the time. Business people haven't learned that lesson yet. And all the people out there talking about hustle and grind, yeah, they're probably making a lot of money off the people that are paying to hear them. <laughs> to hear the hustle that. and grind, yeah. But yeah, yeah. they're often uh, Bora Bora on the weekends. Okay, yeah. I guess that's not a weekend place since it takes 18 hours to get there. Here's my a topic that I'd like to talk with you about. And I heard, actually heard a podcast the other day. And this is, this topic is really important to me right now. This whole idea of what you just talked about is important because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of over teaching language and skills on how to sell more stuff and how to close more sales. Mm. Because I feel like 
if I go into a company and teach them how to say something or how, how to ask a question or teach them a sales process, it may work for a while, but generally it's unsustainable. And so then when I call, if I work with a company for a year and everything's going well, and the owner says, look, we're on our own, we're, we're good. If I call them back in a year, here's what they say. Well, we kind of slip back into our own habits, into our old habits. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, well, that's my fault. I mean, I got, I've got to take my share of, of the blame for that because I didn't really teach them a new way to think. I only told them what to do. So this idea of thinking comes first, action comes second, I really believe in. And I've, mm -hmm. I've tried to adopt some of those things, so I don't do that now, although people still want the words, of course. But here, here's my question, is wh what's the line between self-acceptance, which I, I feel good about where I am, I feel good about myself, and on the other side of that line is the striving. It's the next level. It's the ambition. And how do we navigate that line? Because I usually see most high achievers, it's go, 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 grind, grind, pedal to the metal. Mm -hmm. And there's right. not a whole lot of self-acceptance, which we just talked about. So how does one walk that line? And is there a line there, or should we be thinking about it differently? Well, I think that human beings are like any other kind of uh, life uh, that we see around us, we are built and designed and wired for growth. We're not built <laughs> to be stagnant to stay where we are. So uh, I think that always wanting more is a healthy thing unless we're tying it to our self-worth. If we're needing to achieve more, do more to feel okay about ourselves or better about ourselves, that's where the problem comes in. But if we're not, you know, if we learn how to uncouple our self-worth, how we feel about ourselves, we're able to respect ourselves and do what Carl Rogers called unconditional positive regard, not having anything to do with our behavior or performance, then it's natural to want to achieve, to grow, to, you know, see what our potential is. I think that's a wonderful thing. And incredible, deep, what I would call, you know, invincible self-worth allows us to do that so much easier and enjoy it so much more. Because now we're just exploring possibilities and we're yeah. coming from desire, not need. And as I was asking that question, I almost rewound it and said, I feel like self-acceptance and being okay with who you are allows for more growth because I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not doing it for any other reason other than just it's, yeah. it's the, it's God's law. It's the universal law of right. growth versus yeah. I got to do this because I got to exactly. please my spouse. Exactly. So I wake up in the morning, not feeling like, oh, I need to prove myself. Oh, I need to hit that metric. I need to hit that goal because I need to be able to, at the end of the day, to respect myself. No, I'm waking up already respecting myself uh, unconditionally. And then I get to ask the question, what do I want God, to engage in today? It's a hard question. Or what do I want in life? What do I want five years right. out? It's a very difficult right. question. I know when I first got in the business, I, I was uh, mentored by a guy who said, you have to wake up every day and... <laughs> was terrible advice, but wake up every day and ask yourself, who's waiting for me to fail? <laughs> and I right, thought, right. okay, I, yeah. I, you know, he's yeah. my mentor, so I guess I better follow that. And I, the more I got into that, I thought, well, that's a terrible way to wake up. Who's waiting for me to fail? Nobody's yeah. waiting for you to fail because nobody's freaking thinking about you. But they're, they have their minds Good on their point. own issues. You know? Good point. Good point. Yeah, a lot of the, you know, old school stuff, you know, what we had for that day and age. Hopefully we've learned a few things along the way and learned what's healthier and learned a different way to motivate ourselves. Yeah. Uh, but people still use those things because it, again, it works. It got them to where they're, they've gotten That's by right. criticizing themselves. When someone says, oh, you know, you need to give a hundred percent. 
Really? Well, how would you measure that? <laughs> how would we ever know? Let's just, let's just do something because we're enjoying it, we're loving it, and and say, oh, I'll learn and get better as I go along. But I love doing it. So I've got my third topic today that you that we just you just okay. uh, triggered me on. So can I give it to you? And then if you don't like sure. it, we can find out something else. I wrote sure. down here uh, false assumptions. And I was talking to a guy earlier today, a brand new client. I, when I take on a corporate client, I always like to talk to all the people. If there's eight to 10 people in the program, I will mm-hmm. always have a conversation with all of them first because I want to get to know them. What they're, because, and what I'm really listening for is how are they thinking? And yeah. <clears throat> this guy, uh, really nice guy, pretty, pretty successful, I think, said, well, you know, in our business, price is all that matters. And wow. whenever I hear that, I don't disagree that he believes that, but of course, right. that's that's a false assumption. Does it matter for some clients? Absolutely. Does it matter for the universe? No, absolutely not. And so, how do you deal? How do I recognize any assumptions that I have? Because you talked about to me the false assumption that what you just said is if I don't work hard, somebody's going to pass me up. I got to work. I got a twelve-hour days. I got, I got to grind it. That's a false mm-hmm. assumption because you really don't yes. have to. But once we have bought into that assumption, it's hard for us to extract ourselves from it. You perceive well, I say that. the best way is to have a coach that really knows how to listen and pays attention to those things because then they can give you not only immediate feedback but ongoing feedback. That's the fastest way to change anything. Otherwise, journaling, writing things out with a stream of consciousness as we're thinking about something, that'll tell us exactly where those hidden assumptions are. The question is, can we can we pick them out? Because the problem with hidden assumptions is we believe them. The problem with right. less than useful beliefs is we believe them. And so it's hard for us to see because most people confuse beliefs with facts. We feel it so strongly that it seems to be a fact. And so it's right there in front of us and we can't catch it. So that's why a coach is the best. But other than that, writing things out or talking with a friend that can give us some feedback. Yeah, I think talking things out with a coach or a therapist or somebody who's who's somewhat wise in the ways of thinking and action is really helpful. Yeah. I, I'm sure you've had this happen where somebody calls me and says, hey, I got this issue, and they start telling me about it, and we start talking about it, and then they say, you know what, I got what I need. And we never talk about any specific mm-hmm. strategy, but they've they've mm-hmm. kind of talked themselves into the solution. And I love that because then I say, well, what did mm-hmm. you get? And what they get is something totally different than I thought they got. But by expressing it, giving it some voice, we allow it mm-hmm. to un- uh, kind of unfetter in our own mind and uh, and become clear. Well, you're pointing out something really important because uh, high performers find it very hard to slow down, right? They're not paying attention to their thinking. They're not even really thinking things through that often. So when they're talking with you or me, they're hearing themselves. They're slowing down enough to articulate what's in that subconscious mind. And that's often when they, oh, that they get their insights because for the first time they've listened to themselves. Yeah. And then they say something like, you know, now that I'm talking about this, maybe I'm not thinking about it right. Whenever someone exactly. says that, I feel like, oh, man, this person is about ready to have a breakthrough, and I just right. have to get out of the way and say, okay, well, what, what do you mean by that? Or, or how should you be thinking, do you believe? And, and exactly. man, when somebody says that, it's like, oh, that's that's magic right there for a coach to right. hear that. Where do people have to go to get that, see? they don't. Sit, most people don't sit down and journal. They don't write out their thoughts. They're not sitting down for 20 minutes with someone just really delving deeper into it because they're always on the go. 
you know, something I did, uh, I don't think I've shared this, but uh, I don't think it's top secret or anything. During COVID, after after 2020 was over, 2021, I went through like a 60, 90 days of blah, you know, just like <laughs> I was tired of the, the whole COVID malaise and mm-hmm. I was tri- tired of it all. And it, it felt like it was starting to get to me like this frustration with the way th- our leaders were behaving and all that. And I went through a little uh, a phase, let's say it. And I started, I thought, what can I do to get out of this? And the way I chose to do it was to grab my phone. And every morning, I called it on my phone. It's called Caskey Chronicles. I'll never let it go out public, but it was Caskey Chronicles. Every day, I just shared exactly what I was feeling. I was frustrated with this. I was feeling negative energy about that. I was frustrated with my wife. I was frustrated with myself. And after about 30 days, I noticed when I looked back, I stopped doing it because I was I was back. And and I wonder how much mm-hmm. of that was just a season that I went through or how much of that we can say, no, you talk through it. You talked your way through it when nobody else was there. And I'd listen to those things back, you know, every night just to hear. And at some point I was like, God, you complain a lot. Come on, man, shape up. But it was all self-talk. It wasn't any uh, it wasn't anybody mm-hmm. in front of me. Yeah. Hey, that's a brilliant exercise. Yeah, that that was really brilliant for you to do that. Uh, I really take issue with people who say that we should only think about and talk about the positive. Uh, Carl Jung, you know, is famous for talking about the shadow self and the things that we want to lock away in our subconscious mind uh, that we're ashamed of or we're uh, afraid of or we're uncomfortable with. What you did was you brought it out into the open and you said, oh, and you gave it that self-acceptance, see. That unconditional positive regard, I think that's what got you through it. You honored that uh, aspect of yourself, those thoughts and feelings. That was brilliant. Well, thanks. What did Jung say? Uh, you got to keep the shadow in front of you or it'll take you down from behind. Oh, I haven't heard that. Oh, yeah, but, I love that. Brene Brown yeah. says that. If you mm-hmm. keep your shadows, in other words, keep this negative mm-hmm. stuff. If it's real, don't mm-hmm. obsess about it. Keep it in front of you because it'll take you down. Yeah. It, it, it'll, it'll destroy yeah. you, basically. Yeah, why should we be afraid of if I'm feeling critical, then I want to uh, go full flung into that. I want to criticize away. I want to moan. I want to feel like a victim. I want to say whatever I want to say and give myself unconditional positive regard and respect, believing in myself that I'll get through that, not equating that those emotions or my behavior with who I am, see, or my self-worth. I can say all those things. And say, wow, you're 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 just magnificent. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you got to share mm-hmm. it. I just had a yeah. uh, had a call last night with my daughter, who's pregnant, has a baby on the way, due in May, her first, our third grandchild, and she lives in Denver, so she's not here in the same city, and so she she's homesick, and you know it's emotional, and she wants her mom, you know, not me so much, sure. wants her mom there. And so we called her last <laughs> night and said, "How you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling my back's a little sore, a little tired, but." I'm just stressed. So what are you stressed about? I said, I know you've got to deliver a baby, so that's not it's not easy. But what are you stressed <laughs> about? Oh, finances and what are we going to do when the baby's born? And you know how are we going to take care of it? Uh, but, but, and her, she and her husband both work, have good jobs. She goes, you know, I'm mm. debating, do I want to quit work? And I said, look, take it from me. People sometimes pay me for this advice, and you're not paying me other than just paying me through, with love. You just have to take one day at a time. Don't get too far out. I know it's okay to plan, but don't get too far. Just take care of today. 
take care of that little human life in your belly and, and mm-hmm. eat right and work out and exercise and don't do anything that's going to just take it one day at a time because you can't, what, what did the Bible say? Don't worry today. There'll be enough to worry about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Just pl- play it pr- in the present, be in the present because there is no worry in the present unless you're in a, in a dramatic situation. So was that good advice exactly. or was that, was that, like that cheap? That was excellent. <laughs> that, no, that's excellent. We, she ought to, she ought to send you a check, Bill. Oh, she, oh good. I'll in, well, I'll invoice her. What do you think that was yeah, worth? There you go. Sure. Why <laughs> that's not? That's a lot. <laughs> We're speaking with Alan Allard today. Alan can be found. Where can you be fi- found on the socials, Alan? My website uh, probably is the best place to go. Alan Allard, A-L-A-N-A-L-L-A-R-D.com. Perfect. I'm on Twitter as well. LinkedIn. Perfect. Uh, go see Alan and what he says, and uh, let me know if you found value from this. I did. I always enjoy conversations with smart people, especially people that take a look at the deeper things in life. And I know, Alan, that's what you and I do. And so I appreciate your mm-hmm. friendship and uh, you reaching out. I thought this was really good. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love the discussions with you as well. Yeah.